from the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see mckinneycompetitions.com. And you can just make something. You don't really, when you're a child, you don't really care about where you take your toys. Like you can have Darth Vader versus Buzz Lightyear and no one's going to care. This is just two action figures having fun. On top of Toy Story being my favourite movie, Apocalypse Now is my favourite movie. Yeah. And kind of got very into that imagery of like Vietnam and the helicopters flying over and very picturesque in a way, but still at the same time, I was like, okay, how can I make this sort of idea? How can I talk about it? And the Robert Kappa stuff with the soldier being shot, like there's a lot of talk about did he see the guy nearly getting shot and did not do anything about it? You know, did he go for the shot or not save the guy's life? You know, there's a lot of discussion. They don't, they're, they're reliable. They don't, they're not late for shoots. Um, they, <laughs> they don't complain. Um, they're, they're, that said, I will happily work for a model anytime, but toys, <laughs> toys are a lot more stable and they understand exactly where they need to be. You can call him Jolly Bearded, Jolly Bearded, or just Seb. But whichever it is, you won't forget meeting Sebastian Keating Akehurst, aka Jolly Bearded Promotion. Neither will you forget his photographic artwork exhibition, Outskirts of the Toy Box, which is on display at the Marketplace Theatre until July 17th. Um, this is Seb's first solo exhibition and it features all of the childhood toys we've all come to love over the years from Toy Story to Star Wars and lots more immersed in the images. He also takes a hard look at war and conflict through the imagery of toys. This is your host Elaine Ingram and for this week's podcast we had a great chat with Seb as he took me through the exhibition and um, told us all about his work and his inspirations. Hi Seb, nice Hi. to meet you, nice or should I say Jolly... Um, the Jolly Bearded, the, the one and Jolly Bearded Promotions, um, what, would you, what do you like to be addressed as? Seb or Jolly Bearded, Jolly, the hairy guy around the corner, whatever you feel comfortable calling me. Right. I'm absolutely fine with <laughs> so if you have a new nickname for me, go for it. I'm not gonna so we're here at your amazing um, exhibition here in the, um, in the Marketplace Theatre. And in front of me here, and I'll take some photographs of this for our, our listeners, um, are your photographs, which are unique, is one way to describe them, because they are, well, tell us what they are. They're, they're it's, toys. It's the joy of childhood in photograph form. So basically, when you're a child, you make up these worlds and you just hide away in your room playing stuff or in your bedroom or in your kitchen, wherever it can turn into things. So it starts off with a set of four pictures I took. 2019 the start of when i was just getting back into it and it's about a small very small figure about two mil in size exploring the moon but it's actually my kitchen floor during a house refit <laughs> oh so this is actually your kitchen floor yep okay so there's a and it looks like the moon indeed yeah and you have the little um toy soldier guy where did you it's my dad's it's my dad's when he was a young teenager so I was digging around the toy selection and started making this story up about this guy called Major Tom. 
who met these unusual beings that we all know these unusual beings are from. My favorite movie of all time, Toy Story. And they Toy just... Story is your favorite movie of all time. I know it sounds cliche, <laughs> but it is one of my. Well, it's a pretty good choice. Toy yeah. Story is actually yeah. there's not too many too, too often you can say like the sequels are as good as the first. Heartbreaking but in every way. In, in Toy Story is one of those rarities that um, the sequels are just as good as the original. That's it. That's it. So they have to be featured quite a lot in this. You will see more Toy Story characters creeping in. So let's talk about like your imagination goes wild. And you can just make something. You don't really, when you're a child, you don't really care about where you take your toys. Like you can have Darth Vader versus Buzz Lightyear, and no one's going to care because it's just two action figures having fun. So it's basically returning to childhood and what we actually do when we're kids. The Lego movie, when um, the whole moral of the story was that the Lego wasn't supposed to be um, structured in such a way that it was meant to be used. It was like you use Lego to make it whatever way you want and use your imagination. That's it. That's the whole motto of Lego as well, you know? You, if you want to take us through these first, or maybe we'll have a bit of a chat first about where where you're, your yeah, aesthetic course. and you um, where you started out and you know how you ended up here getting this this exhibition you know here in the marketplace theatre. Yeah. Um, you've quite an interesting background story, I think. Yeah, I've, I've been in our man twenty years now. I'm skipping a bit forward. I started like the whole creative side of things of going to tech, good old SRC. Arma. Yeah. And why not? I yeah. did two years in there, so I started my indulge into Photoshop and the likes of creative stuff. And they were like, oh yes, this is where it's starting. And then zoomed off to Coleraine University and got a three-year course out there and just kept creating and creating and creating. And there's some pictures that are in the show that actually were my dissertation pieces. Yeah. But I felt it's kind of where I started toy photography, so I felt like I would bring them back after six years of collecting dust in the garage so I felt blow the dust off get them up in the theater to to join them the new selection of stuff so you'll see a very difference between them because yeah. I explored war photography and that exploration yeah well when we get to it, I definitely want to get into that side of things the the war photography because it's a really interesting um juxtaposition not as happy not as happy, <laughs> not as happy. but uh it's a it's a very fun like I said juxtaposition between the two like types of photography so I kind of worked on that and then I picked up the camera again after graduation and went into gig photography. So I did a lot of gigs and events. Were you a musician? No, I always wanted to be a musician, but okay. failed the guitar. So I felt the best next thing would be to photograph the rock stars and hang out with the rock stars yeah. and get the iconic shots, you know, when they were like, I remember playing that venue. So that's the plan I had. And then moved to Glasgow and continued in Glasgow. And then obviously when I came back to Armagh, uh, kept going and kept going and kept going but I took, decided to take a break and obviously with Covid the toy box was reopened yeah and this is what happened figuratively <laughs> and literally yeah so yeah <laughs> that's, that's, what's, that's what's going on so so you've always been um, driven by your creativity is that I've always had a coloring pencil or a pencil in my hand trying to draw something so so did you start out drawing before you took up, took up the camera yeah when I was younger my mum always encouraged me mum and dad always got me notebooks and coloring in pages you know when we were on the flight to keep you quiet and kept drawing and drawing and drawing and then obviously got developed more and now we've been playing around photography I've still got a book of scribbles that look like if I showed you the book you'd be like that, that's definitely not the picture. That's just me just drawing out the idea really quickly and then finding the right toy to go into that story. So, yeah. So, toys has always been, you know, an aspect of... It's, it's been a fun one, you know. They don't... They're, they're reliable. They don't... They're not late for shoots. Um, they, <laughs> they don't complain. Um, they're, they're, that said, I will happily work with a model anytime. But toys, <laughs> toys are a lot more 
stable and they understand exactly where they need to be. Sometimes yeah. they fall Unlike over. Unlike animals Sometimes. or small children. Yeah. So <laughs> the animals that they're training, we're, tra- we're training them off. I'm trying to think of an idea of putting my dog in a shoot at some point, but we'll see what she says. I need to speak to our agent first. So So it must require you getting quite a lot of, um, you know, where do you get all these toys from? A lot, a lot of them are actually childhood toys. So I just went back into the attic and started rooting around with the toys. I decided to keep any, if I ever have a child, to have, they can have them when I'm done with them. So, but a lot of the toys were like the ones in the first set. Some of them are rubbers that I bought in a pound shop a few years ago. Oh, really? And I just found it in my room again and went, this could be used to something. And then obviously some of them are my dad's that I've kind of dug out. So I've kind of pulled out all the heirlooms and started playing with them again. Yeah. So. And how has the how has the um, how, how has it been going? You know, it's, in terms of people, you know, engaging and. It's been phenomenal. I'm not gonna lie. With obviously COVID being about, it's been very tough for artists like myself to try and get out there the last year. And with this being booked from 2019, I was scheduled in for earlier this year, but obviously with restrictions, there was we weren't sure, so we pushed it back and we got to the summertime. And I was like, couldn't ask for about a few days to put it on it was phenomenal people coming in we had over 100 people in the opening night That's throughout fantastic. the night yeah. and it was all controlled we were all regulated it was time slots and well it's a big open space here too so it, you know where you are out here it's quite easy to social socially that was it we, we had 25 people first slot so came in from half six and then moved on the other group so it was kind of a nice flow yeah. But it was just overwhelming because I'd seen family, friends. I'd seen people I hadn't seen in ages come to the show. And it was just to finally present to them what I've been talking about for two years. Yeah. Through Facebook chat and Zoom calls going, this is happening. So, like, I kind of nerded out a bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so. it must be. Is it quite frightening having to, you know, the, the logistics of everything? Frighten- when you're Nervously exciting. Yeah. So you're like really, really nervous about it, but at the same time, you're like jumping up and down with joy because you And you're probably praying that people see... Well, you see, I've been jumping around everywhere to kind of put them up. The crackpot in town was my first kind of local place. I reached out and said it was the only chance I could put some stuff up in there, and they allowed me. So I've got like six pictures up in there as well. So it's kind of just the networking is pretty fun. That's what I missed last year with COVID. We couldn't network, so I really enjoy meeting new people like yourself yes. and just showing what I have to go. So well, got, that's quite. I mean. Your stuff is very unique, obviously, but it's also quite um, a unique trait to, for an artist to have because a lot of times, you know, people that are in the arts are very good at creating the stuff, but maybe not so good at marketing it because it's they're like, you know, different ends of the spectrum for a lot of people. But um, you you seem to be quite extroverted and able to get you know pu- publicize yourself out there. I've since I started Jolly Bearded back six years ago, I went to town with promoting everything. Um, Lack of sleep was very strong. Uh, Copy became a new best friend. But I had Jolly Bearded presented on guitar picks. And for the musicians, I had bottle openers made. With my, I've got badges and stuff. Yeah. And and stuff. And it's all... I just went. That's, that's, if I'm going to do it, um, it's cemented that I'm going to leave my mark. <laughs> so <laughs> where, did the, where did the name come up with? Obviously, you've got the beard um, and the... the Jolly. But it, did it just... Was that just a moment of um, inspiration was, and the promotions? It was, a just... t- it was a Twitter name, <laughs> so it was okay. Jolly Bearded Man, and everyone was like, you need to keep that name, and you need to make that your name, so, so Jolly Bearded Man brand. turned into Jolly Bearded Photography, 
and I wanted to branch out from just photography. I wanted to do more graphic design as well. So it went into promotions, but Jolly Bearded is probably the main stable. So if someone said, we want promotions, I'd be like, that's fine. You can take the word promotions, just leave me with Jolly Bearded. So I've started like hashtags like Jolly Bearded Approves, Jolly Bearded Professional, like just all, just all over the place, the name. So even to the point nicknamed Jolly in Scotland now, I've got half of Glasgow call me Jolly. So you're well known over there. Well, it's one way to get people to remember you. That's yeah, it, yeah. It's like, so. Yeah, yes, you have to promote yourself if you want to get your work out there. That's that's the way it works. Um, I, I want to ask you about some of the the war photography stuff. Yeah, cool. Now, that was part of your dissertation, wasn't it? Yeah. Was so a... That's really interesting. Can we t- just take a, a look at them? Some yeah, of them, of course. We can go back they're down here. Up here, so. Oh, they're upstairs. So, yeah, what I wanted to ask you, you know, is... Well, the obvious question of toys and war um, might seem as very, very different ends of the spectrum altogether. And um, to use, like, to use toys when you're expressing war might seem slightly know, morbid. I don't know. <laughs> morbid, but uh, very, very um, interesting. I mean, if you even look at generals in war, they they use toys. Yeah. Was that was that any shape or form of your your thinking you know strategy when they're laying out their strategies so i kind of like the idea of studying war photography in a way but unfortunately you know as a postgrad 21 year old no one wants to send you to iraq to do photography so i follow the next best thing and started investigating toys and work and i found this photographer called brian mccarthy based in la yeah I was reading that, yeah. And he, he's a big influence on you. Yeah, he was a massive influence. And since then, we've become Facebook friends now. And we've kind of exchanged, like, I've exchanged some of my work and told him he was a big influence for it. And he's touched. But he did a lot of work that was based in war-torn countries where the kids would draw out the trauma. And he would recreate that through toy. Yeah. So childhood toys that he would find in that country. So I was like... So it was a very bittersweet sort of thing. Yeah, so it kind of helps the child as well. But I kind of thought about it talked about the lack of imagination when you look at the war toys now like from this perspective you're like okay that's actually a really nasty toy to give a child because one of the toys featured in this is like a guy that's literally being shot and falling to his knees and i'm like that's a toy so i got really quite alarmed by that but on top of toy story being my favorite movie apocalypse now is my favorite movie yeah and kind of got very into that imagery of like vietnam and the helicopters flying over and very picturesque in a way but still at the same time I was like, okay, how can I make this sort of idea? How can I talk about it? So my 9,000 words turned into a 9,000 word picture essay, which then invoked eight images to be put up. So the images start from D-Day. So I followed Robert Cabba. And if you're not, if your pictures aren't good enough, you aren't close enough, was his famous line. So I kind of tagged that into toy photography. So if you're not close enough to the toy, You've clearly done a crap photo, (laughs) but that's just, that's the way I went with it. So taking that quote, and using it with a different analogy and different element allowed me to kind of recreate these D-Day. I, the war stuff, I decided to recreate war through toys of the fact I wanted to kind of show a different way of showing the war photography. And maybe like um, the futility of war and that kind of thing. Would, would, Just, would you, uh, yeah. be, you know, agree with, um, I suppose, the cynicism of a lot of the war ph- photographers during the war and the way propaganda was used and you know yeah, photography well, was used for propaganda so what i did was i actually studied some war photographers i studied 
poor guy. I feel so sorry for him every time I read about him. The guy who did the Crimean War, uh, Roger Fenton. Who did the what war? Sorry? The Crimean War. Oh, the so Crimean he couldn't war. he couldn't capture conflict in motion. He had to capture it before and after. And his story is heartbreaking. Like he was sent over to photograph the war, but he could only photograph the aftermath or the before, and like you know, photograph the good war effort. And so the soldiers all marching. Soldiers off going off. Into the the docks being dropped off with their ammunitions, and you always think, what did he see? Because he didn't, couldn't say anything. He couldn't. He was sent there to show good war effort. And the poor guy managed to develop film in a small tent and getting shot at at the same time. And the, he ended up getting, he got shot, survived, sold all his camera equipment and just said, not for me, and just stopped. Well, which that is, would be so traumatic. You know, yeah, if you think about it, but, you know, you've got soldiers going for the cell shock and everything, but these guys are going in to capture this. And so it went from him and it went to then William Brady, of the Brady group from the uh, the Civil War, the American Civil War, who decided to invest all his money into the business and like capture the war effort, and then people want to buy all his pictures afterwards. And the war was so dramatic to America that no one wanted to buy his pictures, and he ended up going broke. So like, the best guy was Robert Kappa that I followed. Yeah. Who he was just a charming individual <laughs> in general. Yeah. He looked like. The Frank Sinatra. Was it Robert Kappa who did the, that famous photograph of the the dying soldier that was that was um, yes staged the Spanish Civil War one where yeah he, so the photograph it became very controversial after the fact because yeah. it was only found out afterwards that it, that the, it was one of the most famous war photographs taken in the world and um, it was supposedly of a dying soldier but it was, it was actually staged. There was lots of discussion about it because that was the same with the William Brady started restaging, started coming into account. It's kind of like fake news, really. Yeah, it? so yeah. the William Brady one, you find out there was a few guys that were saying that my son didn't die in that battle, he died in this one, and he had been dragging bodies in and his pictures were too composed. And how do you feel about that? It's quite nasty, if you ask me. Like, you know, then again, I'm rearranging and restaging photography in that sort of theory, but in toys. Yeah. But it was a... It's pretty nasty if you think about it. If you think about the families who've obviously seen that battle and then I was like thinking, now, now using my son or my father's as a prop. Yeah. So it was grim. And the Robert Kappa stuff with the soldier being shot, like there's a lot of talk about, did he see the guy nearly getting shot and did not do anything about it? You know, did he go for the shot or not save the guy's life? You know, there's a lot yeah. of discussion. But, but was but, the guy shot? That's, or do we I, not know? I think it's still one of those discussions. We still don't know what happened if he did get shot or Robert Kappa was just hiding there, waiting, and then seeing something happening on the horizon but didn't do anything about it. Yeah. But the ones that struck me about Robert Kappa's was the D-Day ones. Really? And he had like gone out in the inventories to take pictures there and all his camera, all his film was destroyed in the sea trying to get off the boat and there was only one picture captured and that's kind of the one that inspired the first shot in this one. So it was a very shaky shot of one GI getting off the boat going through the water you don't know yeah. what happened to it well let's take a look at that then a lot of these plastic toys were lost in the ocean due to waves they actually in. were lost in the ocean yeah so while you were doing the photographs a wave came in and we lost a lot so of so i'm going to explain this picture um there's just a bunch of little <laughs> soldiers waving around in the water which is probably just the, 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 where, where was that taken it's port stewart so because i was in Gore and i took advantage of the lovely scenic routes and we decided to do our own d-day on a private beach just yeah. off the nun's path. And it's strange because they, even though they're plastic toys, they actually 
give the idea of expression, which is very strange, but I went, it works. Yeah, if you look at the pack of figures, you get like certain ones that are like, get over here now, lads, get the ones that are running, and you get the ones that are obviously didn't make it at all. And then it, the these little plastic fences that were in the kits that we decided to like add into it. So there was a lot of... I had a friend follow me around capturing the behind the scenes because I was like, we need people, we need to prove this stuff. I was doing this, so... Yeah, did you have any... Uh, yeah, my, yeah. Good, my good friend did capture me the whole time and I, he allowed me to borrow his camera that kind of then circled this exhibition because he then sold me his camera. Oh. So shout out to Mark. Cheers, mate. <laughs> he's He's taught me well with the cameras, so... He, he captured everything and it was not, a, like I said, not a happy subject. I watched a lot of war movies to kind of build myself up and then went to their soundtracks because the music really helped as well and just put myself in the zone. Well, that's the thing. You have to get yourself completely, immer- you have to immerse yourself in it. it. And as you said, the, qu- the quote that you said, if, if the photograph is not... If it's not good enough, you're not close enough. If it's not, not good enough, enough, you're not close enough. So. And that means in a, obviously in a, you know... Not not necessarily a literal way in a you know emotive way. That's it, and like it was over. Like I took a lot of quotes from a lot of things and kind of used them to my help. Like the quote that you see here is "Love's like war; they're easy to begin but hard to stop," and it just basically continues on because I start from that D-Day shot to the Middle East and so yeah. Iraq, the, so it's not a happy. So where is this one? A flooded field in Port Stewart. That was. Yeah, we were soldiers in platoon. I can yeah. happily say that, that that was one of my favorite ones. And having those iconic moments in the movies were like, they need to be done. They need to, they need to, you need to have it done. Because let's face it, the movies got it from somewhere else too. And when after researching the Vietnam stuff, that, that got grimmer because there was just no control over the press. So there was so much photography. So do you it, think that the photography actually helped the backlash against the Vietnam War because there was so much out there? I think it does because it did cause a lot more protests about it and there were a lot more arguments and people weren't going there to do the good war effort for America. They were there to photograph what they seen and they got publicized and published and it got more and more darker. Uh, I managed to get into last week down to a show in England to Don McCullough who did a lot I saw of... that show in London and it was, I was actually going to ask you about that. Yeah. And I came out of that in, in tears. I've seen a lot of people it going in and crying. in the middle of the day, and I think I was actually going to a wedding afterwards. It so we decided to go and see it on the way. It was just, you know, heartbreaking. Heart- and his own story of, you can see uh, how difficult it was for him as, yeah. as a war photographer. Fair play, you know what I mean? Like, I thought I had the strength to do it for a while. I wanted to be a conflict photographer, and I just couldn't. I just, I'm too sensitive. <laughs> like, so you happily say the jolly bit of a dog is a sensitive guy. Like it. But you can you can do it with toys. Yes, I can yeah. do it with toys. But the likes of Don doing that and allowing himself to put it, and he wants to do it. The fact he wants to show the world, the, the world, and not just the happy side of it. Yeah. Which fair play to. Sorry, this is the jolly bit of photographer isn't usually this sad. I can I get <laughs> we can get better. But yeah, like Well no, this stuff is re- is really important. It really interested um, like watching it. I was just like I went to that show. My dad said, Do you want to come to the show over in Liverpool for the day? And I went, Yes, let's do it. And yeah. Googled some of his stuff and I went, Let's do it. It really is w- well worth um seeing, but it's also really, really harrowing. Yeah. Like, yeah, but th- these are things that kind of have to be seen, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. I think it's like, you know... The I mean, photographers that. have a a role 
Now, this is the one, the, the, the life. Tell us about this. This was who you were talking about. This is my favorite one. This is the one that, like, this is taken at the top of my road in Armagh on a building site. And it, it says, was, like, it's a Life magazine cover. Um, says the blunt reality of war in Vietnam with um, G.I. Joe type soldier. Good old action man. Good old action man standing um, staring through. So the idea, yeah, so the idea of this one, I think he's like he's standing over the the militarized zone and seeing the destruction that you imagine that he's probably staring at. Maybe craters in the ground, maybe the odd dead body lying around, and he just can't take it. And he's just, I think the fact you can't see his face says yeah. a lot. But you can see the side of his face enough to see the expression on his face. Yeah, and if you know what I mean. Maybe a slight drawn on blood coming out of his ear. <laughs> oh yeah. So I given that small that. effect, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But the life blunt reality, that's a real slogan from the, mag the magazine. The magazine, yeah. So it's a proper shot. And I, I went for a lot of ideas. So this one, like I was going to give it a red border and make it look like, and then a lot of people were like, get rid of the red border, just have the shot there. So I, like, again, all these shots are trying to make them look like their film as well, yeah. even though they're all digital. Like, and Life magazine would have been huge um, in America at the time. Exactly. They were some of the main pictures I found were in front of covers and stuff and find them. And I was like, let's do this. Let's just make something like it. And I got it printed on a T-shirt after I graduated because it just was one of those pictures. I was just like, it needs to be done. Yeah. So I'm really chuffed about that one. It's still one of the ones I look at and go, it's the strongest out of all this. <laughs> so, yeah, what about these ones here now? These ones are taken. Here's one where somebody, there's a soldier... Where is it? Is this set? So I went. I went straight into Middle East photography afterwards. Middle East conflict, first Iraq war. And this woman is being held at gunpoint with her back. It's taken outside my best friend's house in Port Stewart, <laughs> and you're ruining the magic. I know, but it's one of those things that, like you know, it, it t takes you into it. You go straight in. And, and even the way you have the soldier. So the soldier is bended knee, gun in the back of the woman. She's got her arms raised. Um, she's in colour, in her colourful um, hijab, and um, but the but the soldier is blurred out in the background. Is there a, explain that? This was actually, I think, the first picture I ever took on the Canon camera. I was telling you about that my friend told me because he was letting me practice it, and I was learning kind of the focusing and the out of focusing, and I was like, cool. So we put more focus on the hostage. Yeah. And tried to put them faceless on the soldier, yeah. but all the, these toy soldiers, you you can't pose them, so they come like this. They come, so it was like looking through the bag. Oh yeah, of the yeah, figures. yeah. I know. I used to have them. Although everywhere, <laughs> my mum, my mum just gets annoyed that she has to pick them up still. So you have <laughs> you to know. find the right one with the right. You pose have to kind of go for that for look, and it was the idea that you just you want to put the expression on her face more and yeah. see that there's it's war torn. It's not a it's, happy place to be. Yeah, where did you get her from? I typed, I found some airfix kits that were like um, Middle Eastern villagers, and she's actually supposed to be carrying a bag of rice. Oh, because I was going to say, you're not going to find so I took you know, a bag of rice off. Like that. So I kind of, of I kind of felt that would work with yeah. what I was going for. So it gets a bit more harrowing, I think, when you see it in color. Because it, obviously, from Vietnam, you can go into color now. Well, that's it, yeah. We're, going, we're moving into color. Um, yeah, you've got dead bodies in this one. Yeah, this is. Uh, Take cover is the title for this one. So, I did a project with the toy project stemmed from the previous year when I did a, the Northern Ireland conflict in toy, and I kind of developed on that in my dissertation. And 
the car was used in the Northern Ireland project, and I discovered that White Spirit goes very much in flame. So the car, I had the stand on it to put it out, and it does now have that reminiscence of a tank going over it. So I kind of kept that just in case this, this is going to definitely be used as a project base. So it's another prop that I've made. But the idea that like you have no idea, again, you have no idea who they're firing at. Yeah. It's like seen as if you're the photographer standing here, you're standing with those guys. You're not going to be reaching out trying to photograph the guys they're shooting. Yeah. So it's trying to capture those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. This one here. Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And what is it about Apocalypse Now that you um, you find, you say that that's your favourite? Starters, the music alone. Well, the music. Big fan the, of the, the opening shot is yeah. the most icon, one of the most iconic shots and in movie history. And the surf scene. History. I remember my dad being like showing me it when he was like, you can see this one scene, but you can't watch anything else. And I watched, watched the Ride of the Valkyrie scene when they're all surfing. Oh, right. And it was like, so that that's why I was like, let's get Action Man on the water. Let's, let's do this. Let's Martin Sheen it up. Get ready to shake up summer with the Get Active ABC Sunshine Fill Programme for kids and families. Get set for land-based adventure at our summer schemes, or why not get adventurous and maybe get wet at our Splashtastic Water Sports Summer Programme. There are so many things to do, and all we need is you. See getactiveabc.com summer for all the details. And now we're, we're, we, have, um, we have Woody. Bounty Hunter Woody. This is the Toy Story 5 premise they haven't made yet. So think about it if Frank Miller made Toy Story and didn't make it suitable for the Pixar degrees. This is what... Tarantino. Toy yeah. <laughs> this is the idea. So if the idea is like Woody is now on the hunt. So Woody has gone rogue. Yeah, he's on the hunt to find all the bad toys in the toy boxes. So he had the, he stumbled into, you know, one toy box, and he now can't handle it. He's he's on a mission to take down the bad toys, and he realizes that he can't just do it with talking anymore. Yeah. He has to smoke cigars and pull out his revolver. Which he has done. He has the cigar in his mouth, yeah, and the gun out of his holster. And is Buzz Lightyear around? Buzz Lightyear shows up. Okay. Yeah, he creeps out. So, <laughs> but Woody has been very popular. He ever since I did that one picture. There's one picture I released last year. This one? That was a close-up, the same one. There's a much more detailed one of that. It's just a different side to Woody that I think everyone wants to see. Oh, I don't know. I'm waiting, That's I'm Tom Hanks, you I know, but I'm, I, if Tom you, Hanks you wants You can't to, really do that I'll to Tom Hanks, can I'll happily give Tom Hanks, Hanks a copy. If Tom Hanks wants well, a print, maybe, I'll happily yeah. give him a print. Well, if you're listening, Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes, if you're listening, Tom Hanks, come on down. You've managed to ruin Woody ruin. for... <laughs> Modify. <laughs> ruin, Woody's re ruin Woody's reputation. He's the, he's <laughs> or have the real Woody come out? He's a sheriff. He's got a, he's got a control. He's a sheriff. He's, he's so, you know, he's still he... part of the law. He's not against the law. Yeah. Still... So what took you to Edinburgh? You went to Edinburgh. Yeah, I went to Glasgow. Actually. You went to Glasgow yeah. first before you went to Edinburgh. You, you lived in Glasgow. And, and what were you doing over there? Were you I moved out there just kind of on the spur, to be honest with you. I kind of just went out and just kind of just explore a new city. Because I'd done San Francisco after graduation. Ended up meeting a lot of creatives like myself and other musicians. I got up to Edinburgh for a bit to do the Edinburgh Fringe. You were in the Fringe, yeah. All the pictures I took were used as 
promo the whole way through the fringe. So my Twitter was just exploding. <laughs> so that's brilliant. And, so, and have you um, any any plans on doing more stuff for the fringe in the future? I would love to. Um, I've still got a connection out there. Uh, it's sort of just waiting to see where this takes me and see where I can get out. Because yeah. I know it's not easy to... What Edinburgh just turns completely mental. Just the streets are packed. So I'll be happy to see I've it. I've heard that it's pretty mad, all right. So to get your stuff out there at all... It, you know that was a big deal yeah like because the way it was i had a fantastic tutor in university who luckily came to the show and she helped me through this entire project and her daughter was in charge of this theater group and just said i need a photographer and she was like i might know one give me a break and like called me and said would you be interested in doing some stuff and i was like yeah pass my number across and just the next day i was on train to edinburgh with yeah. my camera bag a spare t-shirt and my two first. That's I was like, the way Let's go. things so, seem to work at times. Like it just the it. right place, the right time. Then, so I did that for two years. It was 2017 and 2018, and some of the best time out there. Just meeting, just just go out there and just make friends. That's the only way I can describe networking. Yeah. Just go out there. If you get a job out of it, win. But if you have a friend for life who's willing to promote your stuff, bigger win. So that's the way it seems to be a lot in the art world. You know. Yeah. It's it's you know it's just building up a, a network of, of friends and That's everybody it. sort of helps each other out and then if jobs come along they come along and 100% and they will promote I, you and you promote them yeah like, I've been very firm on my hashtag support the artists as well so but a lot of friends who are musicians who need all the support they can and I've well musicians I mean I've spoken about this before in our podcast um, t- to a few different people that you know how lockdown has really like destroyed the music industry it's difficult to like. I understand where the story would be, but I have a strong feeling like, well, like live gigging, you know. Live gig. It's going to come back, and it's, I can't wait for it to come back. It's just unfortunately taking a lot longer than I think a lot of people expected, and that's why I'm wearing my "The Show Must Go On" T-shirt today. So it's the fact that I'm still wanting. I still have a, a, a vision of the future that creatives are going to come back, and we're going to come back strong. This is yeah. one of the reasons why I'm so proud of the show because everyone, I had a few guys or musicians that came to the show and they're like, it's just good to see the arts back up. It's a, it's a challenge and um, a lot of guys I know in Glasgow, I was watching them and there's a few venues I hang out with. Uh, there's one venue in particular, was the Icebox venue in the south side and they were my some of my closest supporters and they, they had a venue, basically their motto is feed the music, not the corporations. So any music that they had playing, all the funds would go back to the band to support them. So I assume you're not a fan of Spotify. I'm, a, I'm guilty as charged. I'm a Spotify member. I suppose we're all users of Spotify. But, but if, if I can get to a gig any day, of, of the artist, it's kind of tough on them. It is indeed. But if I can get a gig, or I can get a T-shirt, or I can get an album, you know, or I can just shake the hand of the musicians and say, "I love you guys." That's how I see it. You know, I mean, there's yes. different ways of supporting. And having this open now, uh, like is. Can can an artist like you make a living out of this? It's a challenge. Um, I'm still. Do look- you have you have another job? I'm still looking for work at the moment while doing this. It's the whole time I've been doing this, I've been reaching out as a creative. I still think that if you keep pushing it, it's just that push, 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 and you will sleep like a baby yeah. after pushing it. Because I did a full-on social media campaign for this, and now using that to kind of as a platform to move to the next step you know the show is coming back now very soon hopefully like I kind of can't wait to see this place buzzing again yeah. it's, I think you know this is what we need is you know keep going and I was more than happy to wait a year and a half because it gave me time 
to just do stuff because throughout the entire lockdown this was mostly done who else have been your inspirations so obviously with the war stuff Don McCullough is up there um, but with the toy we've got Creative Chip a guy called Chris from California Jared from New York like two guys I've just been in and out of you know saying great shot and then they they do their own different take again and then there's a few other toy photographers I've been following like I think I know, Collectors Orbit as well and I'd just reach out to them and just say it's a fantastic shot it's out of curiosity how do you do that I'm not trying to encroach or anything I'm not trying to be that guy I'm just curious they ask you questions as well and they really appreciate someone reaching out to them so it's kind of that again networking online yeah. and just making friends with someone yeah like, I was like, if I'm ever in New York, I'll give you a shout. And like, no worries. So it's kind of that. So do you have any plans to take um, any of your stuff over to places like New York or, or, where, or, or outside of Armagh? Where's the next time? Well, anyone in Scotland that said they couldn't make it at the show, I just keep telling people to start talking about my work. And I'll be in airdropping myself in at some point to be like, hi, I'm doing the exact same thing I did in here and say, how can I get my stuff in your walls? When yeah. do you want to book me in? Yeah. And, and I'm sure it will happen because, you know, this stuff is... It's, it's so unique. I mean, there's no, if you saw one of your pictures anywhere, they, we, we'd know it was you. So, oh, here he is. There he is, the big man himself. So the idea of this one was like, he heard uh, there was a disturbance or heard on the radio and they sent their space, space ranger to go check out the show. So and who else would they send only? Buzz Lightyear. Lady, the one and only. So I made an entire spaceship type area. <laughs> And he it. looks so happy to be put to work. I know, right? He looks more happy <laughs> than he should, but he, he's enjoying himself. He's managed to get one shot. There's a really weird Easter egg in this one too that I would be very surprised if you got it. It's some of the burn marks on his armor. It's like the, you know, the first Alien movie when the acid goes through the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the picture. It's like the still from that movie is used as the damage on the suit. So this is for... All the, the, the diehard fans yeah, will so get these. I was looking for a nice asses damage thing, and I was like, let's just go with the shop that they used in the movie. And just hope for the best. And this one here. If you're a big fan of Batman Forever with Tommy Lee Jones. I've actually never never seen Batman Forever. It's fantastic because it's the it's the idea. Like it's just I tried to think of the idea of the consequences of Sarah Sweets. So the Hulk one was re The consequences of sour sweets. Mm. So, you know, sucking one side of your mouth, you will end up like two fists. If you suck <laughs> too much of them, you'll end up the like Hulk. the Hulk. Very so, well, that's, that is true. Toxic waste. I don't know how anybody eats those things. I, well, I bought a don't. lot of them. Uh, I bought like a pack of five just to kind of merge into one. And I was like, let's do this. And like put the Hulk one up and did you actually eat them I ate some of them but I just couldn't concentrate when I was doing it and I gave some to my friend and he thought I was up he didn't speak to me for a few days I, <laughs> I used them as props and then that was really it yeah but, they're um, not yeah they're not edible but these uh, Lou Ferrigno the original Hulk like that picture yeah on Instagram and I lost my mind <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what really was like okay I did try to send him a picture and also Lou if you're listening with Tom Hanks, give me a shout. I am trying to send you one across. So, <laughs> so Tom Hanks and Lou are going to be listening to our podcast. Yeah, and Mark yeah. Ruffalo. All those guys are welcome to join us. Yeah. <laughs> um, open to it. I'll take you in. I'll give you a cup of coffee. They all good. <laughs> so yeah, I'm always trying to reach out to. So, yeah. so what's next, Seb? What's next? What's next on the Jolly Bearded Train? Yeah, what's next on the Jolly Bearded Train? Keep this going this uh, uh, this exhibition is here until 
the 17th of 17th July. 17th of July. And, um, and you're happy with the way it's gone? I am over the moon. Yeah. I could not have asked for a better opening, to be honest with you. Like, even just seeing that on the wall, the, the outskirts written on the wall and the font I've done for the poster. Like, just seeing that, I was almost into your seeing that. So, like... It's like you've arrived. Yeah, it's like, this is it. And the outskirts, this is what we're doing. Yeah, and there's no... There's, no, there's no going back. There's no stopping. This is it. I don't think you can. Do you see your uh, art? I suppose it always do, is evolving, isn't it? But it, I, I see it now as like, you know, I've done the toy stuff. I'm still doing toy stuff. I've got other plans to do more toy stuff. This is just the skimp of the outskirts. The outskirts is a bigger place. So I'm thinking of doing another, if I can, get another set of images planned out and get them up somewhere and working that way. So and getting more and more going again expanding the war photography stuff with what now with the knowledge I've learned in the last doing this stuff as well also still looking for work so if anyone's listening wants to hire me I'm open um, but at the same time try and inspire some more people to get out and do more stuff I've got lots of friends who come with their kids and one kid keeps hugging me every time he sees me now because he thinks it's one of the best shows he's ever seen and it's that sort of like inspiration I've managed to inspire someone else to kind of go off and you know, not be afraid to do what you want to do yeah and don't and, be yeah and, and to go out there and if, if it is anything in the art world like exactly. to pursue it and not be afraid that it's you know it's yeah it's not... just do it for yourself at the end of the thing and like when I look at this and I think it will be an emotional day when I take it down, but I know it's just the start of something. Yeah, you're only taking it down. You're going to pack it away in the toy box and you're going to move it on somewhere That's it. else. I'm going to be donating some probably. I have plans to do that and maybe give some to some people. And, and hopefully you'll sell a lot. Yeah. That's, again, you know, even when the first person bought one picture in here, like, I looked around and I seen the first red dot and I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was like, oh my, you know, it was very... At the same time, I was like, okay, it's going to a good home. At the same time, I was like, okay, cool. Didn't expect that. Yeah, one. do you, you feel know. like you're losing something when you're, one of your pictures has gone to somebody else's home? Is it like Toy Story? <laughs> uh, I've still got the action figure. That's the thing. Like, So I can, you know, I, I see it. If someone says to me, I really I really love it, and I want it to have so it. So somebody got to take Woody away. And I turn around and go, you know what? Thank you so much. Because I just, it, it's very difficult to express for me in a way that you could probably see it in my face more is it's phenomenal just to see that sort of someone's willing to actually go I support you mate yeah <laughs> keep it up and so. see something in your pictures because that's the way um, photographs and paintings are they're, they're you know in the eye of the beholder so whatever people get from them you know is whatever they get exactly from it's it a very personal thing okay well thanks very much Seb thank you very much Jolly Jolly Seb Jolly Seb Harry <laughs> guy again thank you so much Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Seb and I hope that you got to conjure up some of the images as we went through the exhibition. But I do urge you to go and see it before it's finished on July 17th. It really is very interesting and there's some great pieces of art in there. Remember to keep getting all of your news from RMI and I hope that you join us next time for our podcast.
from the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see mckinneycompetitions.com. 